I was thinking the other day, do you guys think that when uh, dudes uh, form a metal band that someone <laughs> that someone just shows up with a paper that has three fonts on it and they're like, hey, these are the three fonts you can choose for your band? <laughs> At the top here, we got lightning. In the middle, we have blood. And then the third one's blood-lightning combo. Just make sure no one knows the fucking name of your band, if you could do that. Comedian Chad Anderson shoots on the pop! I watched this guy during a pyramid of Manitoba. 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 It's the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast! With me, Ronald George Moore. Good morning and bonjour to you. My name is Brian Pallister, and this is a day in my life. Well, I usually start my day around 6 a.m. with uh, an hour in the gym, like to run on the track, and then to a healthy breakfast of cereal, fruit, and I kiss my wife and kids goodbye, and I'm off to the legislative. My morning is usually spent working for the fine people of Manitoba in my office, answering phones, replying to emails. This is the time where I ask a homeless individual to come into my office and we dress him up like me and he gets to pretend for a day that he's the premier of Manitoba. It's very exciting. For lunch, we choose a local restaurant and pick up curbside. Usually Robin's Donuts has some fine sandwiches, which, which are very tasty. In the afternoon, I like volunteering my services at the uh, local animal shelter and euthanize pets that are no longer loved and need to go to a better place. I come home and have dinner with my family and we share our stories from the day and then I head down to the basement and I pledge allegiance to Satan. During this procedure, I like to strip naked and cover myself in pure, authentic Manitoban bison blood uh, and sit in the middle of a pentagram that I've drawn in the floor also in bison blood, and light some candles for ambiance, and wait for Satan to fill the room and talk to me. We have a brief chat, and he tells me how appreciative he is of the new pets he's received that day. And that's when I ask him to invade my soul when I repeat the words Hail Satan backwards, which is Narcissus Ailing. And then it's time for me, Lord Satan, to converse with Brian and make sure that our plan of aggressively reopening the province of Manitoba continues because I'm that guy. All the hospitals that close, I'm that guy. Then after an hour or so, I, I get Brian to punch himself in the face a couple times, and that's it. We call him that. And by this point, I'm exhausted, so I hop in the shower, get into bed with my wife, kiss her goodnight, and call it a day. Thank you very much. This is Brian Pallister. Worst Brian Pallister impression ever. Hello, how do you do? This is Ronald George Moore. You are listening to the Manitoba Money Shot podcast, and thank you very much for tuning in, if you tuned in or checking it out. Uh, great to have you here. Thank you very much. Today's guest is Chad Anderson, Manitoba comedian from the Paw, relocated to Winnipeg, killing it on the scene. Um, he ha- You heard him at the opening of the show there. That's a track from, from his album live at we johnny's it's hilarious uh there's lots of ways for you to listen to it and the links are on his facebook page you can google chad anderson facebook and it'll pop up you could go to his instagram which is chad illmatic c-h-a-d-i-l-l-m-a-t-i-c chad illmatic on instagram you'll find a link at comedyrecords.ca the label that is distributing this whole shebang and as i said it's it's wonderfully hilarious Do yourself a favor and check out the hilarity from Chad Anderson. 
Now, before we get on with the show, I like to do my usual plugs. I got plugs, people. And what am I plugging? I'm plugging this show. If you haven't, please subscribe on SoundCloud. That's our home base. That's our big mama. (laughs) And um, also, we're on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts or whatever you want to call it, Apple. We're on Stitcher and Amazon Podcasts, although I still cannot confirm that. I got to get... I gotta sign up for that shit <laughs> anyway. Um, also, uh, you can go to our Twitter page and our Facebook page and our YouTube page. Just Google the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast. That's where we're at. And also, if you wouldn't mind, please drop a review, give us a like, share it out to your friends. Let's get the word out that Manitoba has a kick-ass podcast, one of many, by the way, one of many. And uh, just want to share the love if you can, please. Uh, I ask you to do that because um, got some great Manitoba guests on this. Go back in the catalog and you, you won't be disappointed. I got uh, Manitoba's best artists, comedians, musicians, writers. Oh, and also uh, check out my dead Patreon account. I say dead because I haven't checked it in months and it's just, just a whole thing where you got to learn how to use it. And I don't know. There's only so many hours in the day, folks. I'm a busy guy. <laughs> I got kids. I got work. It's nuts. Nuts, I tell you. But anyway, um, let's get right on with the show. Chad Anderson, a lot of his material just comes from his whole life, so I try not to give too many spoilers during the, during the interview. I let Chad do that. It's great. Uh, thank you once again for listening. You have a wonderful 2021. We're rolling with Chad Anderson. Yes! Chad, 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 Chad. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. I, you know, I haven't seen you probably since uh, the poker game at Wee Johnny's. Oh, that, man. Yeah, that was, that was a long that was time a long ago. ago. Long yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Wee Johnny's, I was, I was like, uh, that's the title of your comedy album, Live from Wee Johnny's. Yep. And uh, as I just said, I listened to it. I love it. I think it's great. And um, have you gotten some good feedback on it? I've gotten, yeah, I've gotten some good feedback. Um, I think uh, I check the reviews uh, on iTunes once in a while. I think I only have like one person, one start it. So that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, out, of, out, of 13 review, out of 13 people who rated it, only one was a, a single star. So That's the one that sticks that. out, right? <laughs> it is, yes. Because it just, it, it, uh, it makes the average go down. So right. if you have if you have a bunch of five stars and one one star, then the overall rating is like three and a half stars out of five. So one fucker. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. brutal. Um, and yeah, you're you're hooked up with Comedy Records. Is is yeah. the, is the label? Uh, how did that come around? Did that was that something you seeked out? Yeah. I... I uh, I so t- I recorded the album at Wee Johnny's and, and with Tim. Uh, Tim Gray, and he did all the sound editing and set everything up. And uh, when he was editing it, he just kind of said, like, hey, do you want me to send a couple sample tracks to Comedy Records to see if maybe they'll release it, and then you don't have to go through all the all the trouble of trying to figure out how to do it independently. And I, so I said, yeah. And right. we sent, uh, sent a couple tracks to them, and... Uh, then I got a meeting with Barry Taylor, who is one of the co-founders of Comedy Records. He was in the city for the Comedy Festival, and oh, nice. as it actually happened, he was in, uh, they were here, they were recording uh, another album for a show that I was actually on. Mm-hmm. So we met for lunch, and um, we talked about it, and he was like, yeah, we'd be, su- we'd be super happy to release your album and, and do this album with you, so... Yeah, they, they picked it up. and uh, For sure. Yeah. And Wee Johnny's, why did you pick Wee Johnny's to record it? Is it with just Tim's influence? Tim Gray, by the way, friend of the show, who gets a full minute. He gets his own track on your album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I, it just seemed like the, it just seemed like a natural fit for me to be, to, for that to be the place to record it. I had headlined Wee Johnny's a couple times and seemed to do well. And, and it's one of those rooms that 
even if it's not a sellout, it still feels like a good crowd. Yeah, um, it's a very so, intimate room, you know. Yeah, it's super super small. So I was I was surprised like how big the audience sounds. I was yeah, and that was very fortunate because like, as I said, if you don't sell it out, it still feels like a good show. But yeah, I I think we packed. 75 people in there for the recording and packed um, is the word is, yeah <laughs> yeah and uh and so it worked out we had three crab mics set up <clears throat> pardon me we had three crab mics set up and tim said the audio was so good that he only used the recording from one of the mics oh wow it was, yeah it was perfect yeah and for those of you who don't know we johnny's is like this uh like irish pub which uh i guess tim gray has more or less turned into a comedy club uh, yeah. five nights out of the week? Yeah. Something like uh, that? Yeah, I think, I think we run Tuesday to Saturday. Right. There's not a global pandemic. Well, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, before the the whole shit went down. Um, I want to talk about your album a little bit more, but first, uh, on the show, what we do is we go back to uh, your roots, your history, and find out what your influences are. Um, in life, not just comedy, but in life. Uh, so you're famously from the Paw. Yes. Were you born in the Paw? Yep. Uh, St. Anthony's General Hospital. Okay. And um, for those of you who don't know, the Paw is about it's about 600 kilometers northeast of Winnipeg. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Northwest. Northwest of Winnipeg. Yeah. And population, probably about... Five thousand ish. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, I think if you if you count all the there's a bunch of small like I guess you'd call them villages. Not a bunch, but there's like yeah, there's small communities all around. A lot of farming happens around there. So yeah, I think five to six thousand would be fair to say. Now I'm taking everything that you said on your album as truth. <laughs> and one thing <laughs> you said is that you were raised on a farm. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, um, it's funny, I say farm, it's, uh, it was more of, um, it's not what you picture when someone says, I grew up on a farm, I, everyone pictures, like, cows and, and pigs and right. chickens and big fields, it was, uh, my family raised horses, we, we raised and bred, uh, like, show horses. Oh, wild. And, uh, yeah, so, that's, uh, I guess, it, I mean, you would maybe call it a ranch, would rent. be a better term for it. Right, right. Uh, that's yeah. cool. You you grew up around horses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty um, sweet. So you have a lot of experience riding horses, taking care of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty yeah, cool. So I grew up, like, cleaning the barn every night and, you know, helping <laughs> feed the horses and bale hay. And, right. Yeah, I, I yeah. imagine very young age you were doing that, like, when you... Uh, what were what, what were you doing? What else were you doing when you were like, say, like in your the first ten years of your life? Were you were you uh, um, playing uh, hockey? Uh, um, yeah, lots of hockey. Both me and my sister figure skated because uh, the deal was uh, if one of us was going to be at the rink for something, then the other one was had to be there because it just made sense that uh, that my family wasn't going to drive us. Like from that was about a fifteen minute drive, so they weren't going to drive one kid to the rink, then drive all the way home, get the other kid just to bring the other kid back to play hockey an hour later. So it was like, no, you'll both go figure skating, and then you'll both play hockey right after. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, so there was that, and then was there rivalry with your sister in that sense, or were you? Did you guys get along? Um, I think we got along pretty good. I mean, she's she's my older sister. Uh, I'm sure she, uh, she was probably annoyed by me and like, I always, uh, always wanted to hang out with her and her friends, especially <laughs> growing up, like on the farm, you know, there's only like a couple other people that live close to you. And, and, uh, so it's like all the kids hang out together, uh, yeah. but I'm sure she'll, she'll tell everyone that, uh, she was a little annoyed of me always being around. Of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, just the one sister. Just the one sister, yeah. very cool. I've been to the Paw a few times myself. I loved every time I went there. You talk about the Alouette, and I, I have a funny experience with the Alouette. And that, and the, we tried me and my partner, we tried to book a room there. 
<laughs> and I know why you're laughing because you talk about it. It's very much like, yeah, you don't. You they wouldn't let us book a room because <laughs> it's a type of place that, well, anyone who has a room there pretty much lives there. You yeah. know, it's like you know their apartment. Um, yeah. But I really love the Alouette. Like that's like the one bar that you yeah. go to that seemed really hip. It is, yeah, and it's it's funny. It's one of like I find uh, all small towns have like a hotel or a motel that isn't actually a hotel or a motel. It's just the bar. Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> one of those places where people live there. No, it's not a place that like out of town guests rent rooms. It, you know, it's just called a hotel, but that's definitely not. You don't want to stay there. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of like the Royal Albert. In a sense. Yeah. Do you have any like? homies that you were solid with uh growing up your elementary years i don't know about elementary i think i think most of the like really lasting friendships have come out of uh definitely a lot come came out of going to high school Mm -hmm. um but middle school is like that's i think that's as far back as like people who i who I hung out with in middle school. There are a few who I still talk to on a regular basis now. Oh, nice. Uh, but who have been lifelong friends. But I think, yeah, elementary was kind of a, it was a little bit of a tough time for me. I believe I was definitely in the principal's office, if not every day, um, every second day. <laughs> uh, it was just, a, yeah, it was a tough time because that was like in grade two, uh, my sister and I made the jump from living with um, living with our biological parents yeah. um, to living with our aunt and uncle who ended up adopting us. Uh, I mean, we were always going back and forth, but then I remember I specifically remember in grade two, like it was like, no, you're gonna you just you just live with them now. Yeah, definitely uh, there was a lot of anger. I mean, throughout my entire life in, in school, I had a lot of anger because of that, but I think it manifested itself a lot in elementary. Like, I was just acting out constantly because, I mean, at the time, I didn't realize that's what it was, but looking back now, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's definitely what it was. I was, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It and took me. Would that kind of, did that kind of uh, make your way into, like, the, a class clownish type of character? Like, you know, acting up, trying to get the attention of, of the other students? I think a little bit. Um, I, I, yeah, I was definitely, I was definitely a class, class clown, um, but I also had a very short fuse in elementary school. I, like, I had to go to anger management with the guidance counselor once a week and just, uh, uh, I don't even know, like, yeah, we just... We talked. I don't remember what we talked about. The, I do remember he was the nicest guy. If he was just the nicest guy, his name was Mr. Bates. Yeah, the nicest guy. Always smiling, always laughing. Like yeah. just a super nice, happy guy. Yeah. Uh, and I just like we played we played board games and stuff in his office for an hour or two every, once a week. That's um, awesome. And I'm sure he did his canceling magic on me while we were playing board games and exactly. stuff, you know? Exactly. Yeah. You didn't even know what he was doing. No. <laughs> and, and funny enough, uh, he, I, so my, my, my girlfriend, is her, her best friend from childhood, who she's still really good friends with, mm-hmm. uh, um, one day we were talking and, and she goes, oh, you know my uncle? And I was like, if she's like, yeah, my uncle lives in the pond. I was like, oh, who's that? She's like, Mr. Bates. I'm like, oh, wow, that's like, yeah, yeah, that's like the one guy that like helped calm me down when I was a troubled <laughs> elementary student. So wow, yeah. that's yeah. pretty cool. Have you caught up with him? Like any these? Any... Um, no, I, I haven't. Uh, I haven't seen him um, yet. But uh, he, yeah, he definitely remembers me. I'm definitely. There are a lot of teachers that, like, you know, you'd think, like, teachers see hundreds of different students all the time. And I think almost every single one of the teachers that have ever taught me remember me, probably because I was the the class clown or the guy (laughs) who was always getting in trouble. (laughs) What kind of things did you do to get in trouble? Were you throwing shit around? Did you pull the fire alarm? or what? 
Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, in elementary, it was a lot of getting in fights with other kids, and, uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of fighting, um, and then in high school, it was just, uh, it was, a, yeah, it was definitely being disruptive in class, and, like, trying to get the whole class to laugh at the teacher, or laugh at me, or right. skipping school, you know, yeah, it was, uh... Skipping school, was not yeah. a good student. Were you watching television and movies uh, back then? Like, I'm wondering what kind of influences you had in comedy at your yeah, earlier, I, earlier age. Yeah, we. I, it's funny. I always talk. Um, I t- like my so my aunt and uncle who raised who raised me and my sister, uh, who I refer to as my mom and dad nowadays. Okay. Um, they had three older. Uh, kid. Like when me and my sister were born, their youngest was just graduating high school. Oh, whoa, okay. Uh, um, yeah, so they're they're eighteen plus years older than us, um, and two of them were are like moved away when I was super young. But uh, one, my one cousin, she also she also helped to raise me and uh, me and my sister, and um, she was. Uh, I think she she was also like a legal guardian, like one of the legal guardians on all the documents because oh, cool. she was just like, yeah, she took me to like all my hockey tournaments and stuff and like, yeah. Um, but she would, uh, yeah, I, re- I remember she let me watch a lot of cool movies growing up. Like I, I remember going to uh, a hockey a hockey camp when I was like maybe like eleven or twelve years old. Yeah, and uh, and then we went to this hockey camp in Brandon and then at the end of the week we spent a few more days in Brandon and like, yeah, she took me to watch, uh, two movies. We went and watched Star Wars episode one and then we went and watched, um, South Park, bigger, longer, uncut. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she always, she loves South Park and she always like, she let us watch stuff like that. Um, and growing up as a family, we would watch home improvement and Roseanne every night Right. Uh, or, like, whenever they were on. I Led by two like, uh, comedians right there, Roseanne and Tim Allen. Yeah. yeah. And I do I do vividly remember hanging out at, uh, at a family friend's house and listening to uh, Jeff Foxworthy, one of the, a Jeff Foxworthy CD, and right. laughing my ass off of that. Yeah. Uh, and, then, uh, and then Don Burnstick as well, um, when he... Uh, when he he did his own take on the Jeff Walksworthy uh, material. <laughs> was that a, was that a live or a show like a like a on TV? Uh, no, it was a CD. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. Did you see any uh, comedians in the pop? No, not uh, not live. Um, but I always like yeah I. Would come home from school a lot, and I would watch Jess for Last, like the, uh, like uh, John Wing. I, re- I vividly remember watching a lot of John Wing and like Elvira Kurtz, um, and Mike McDonald. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like, uh, what is his name, Chris uh, Christopher Titus. Oh yeah, Titus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then. I found, I always, like, yeah, I enjoyed watching comedy, but then once I I saw Chris Rock for the first time, I was like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. Right. Definitely Chris Chris Rock and then Dave Chappelle. Um, And I think that was probably around the time where I was, like, where I wanted to be funny. I think that's, watching Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock, definitely probably the, they were the ones that, like, Put the put the seed in my mind of like maybe this is something you want to do is be a stand up comic for sure. And uh, you're still a young guy. You're what thirty two? Thirty three. Thirty three now. And um, what age were you when you uh, decided you were going to leave the pop? Twenty. I moved. Uh, yeah, I moved. The summer I turned twenty one, but I, I was twenty when I moved. Um, I had come. I came to Winnipeg uh, for one of my grandmother's funerals, mm-hmm. and then I spent the weekend uh, with a buddy who had been living here for a while. Yeah, and uh, we partied a whole bunch, and uh, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And uh, 
and my uh, yeah, my buddy was like, "Yo, if you ever want if you want a job, I can probably get you a job here." And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." And then I went back to the paw, and a week later, I partied too hard and didn't go to work and lost my job. Oh, no. uh, and uh, <laughs> so I knew my parents were going to be pissed off at me, so I. I called the buddy who said he could get me a job, and I was like, yo, can you get me a job? I'll always do anything. Yeah, I gotta get the hell out of here. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, he was like, yeah, he was just basically, I think that was like a Monday, and he was like, yeah, my boss wants to know if you can start this week. And I was like, uh, Thursday maybe? He's like, okay. And yeah, and then I went home, and my parents were like, you lost your job, what are you going to do? And I was like, already got a new one. Uh, And they're like, where? And I was like, it's in Winnipeg. And then my mom was like, I'm not helping you you're on your own this is you know you're this this is a big mistake and yep. uh classic mom classic, classic mom. absolutely uh, the, the day the day that i moved um she made yeah so when i told her she made this big stink of like she's not helping me out i'm on my own i better better plan and save my money and, and work hard and then the day that i went to move i went out to say goodbye to her and bye to her and she's She's crying and telling me that she already paid my first two months rent. Oh, and, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Old softy. How about that? That's yeah, she good. is. Uh, she is. She is definitely my number one support for sure. Uh, she's yeah. Awesome. No matter how much she says she she wouldn't. Uh, I'm on my own. She would never. She would never leave me. So <laughs> right. yeah. Uh, yeah. You go into the paw a lot on your comedy on your comedy album, yeah. and you, more or less, you know, you call it a shithole, as you know, most people will talk about their hometown or where they're from. What are, what are the, the the great things about the paw? No, it's yeah. I mean, I I love that place. I love going back there. Uh, we have the beautiful, beautiful Clearwater Lake. It's like twenty minutes outside of the paw. Yeah. Um, and that's an amazing place. You know, my, my grandfather had a, a cabin out there that he built and he sold to us for a dollar. So oh, fuck. Awesome. Uh, we have a family cabin out there and, um, I, I mean, it is, I do, I miss being able to like walk out my door and jump on a skidoo and go for a skidoo ride or jump on a quad and go quadding. And, for sure. You know, go ice fishing with your buddies. Yeah. It's a, I definitely do. I do appreciate that place, and and uh, it is a big part of, of who I am, and um, it uh, you know the the closeness of of that place as well um, is definitely uh, it's nice. You know, you come to a city, even though Winnipeg feels like a big town, um, <laughs> but it's also but, a big shithole as well. You know, <laughs> yeah, but um, <clears throat> definitely like knowing knowing most of the people that you see is kind of a, is a nice thing, you know, like, oh, yeah, if you're ever in trouble, you know, like, oh, I could just go over to this house right here, and I know that guy. Yeah. Whereas in Winnipeg, it's like, oh, I'm in an area where I don't know anyone, <laughs> screwed now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you, man. Uh, so when you moved to Winnipeg, were you thinking at that point, like, you're going to try stand-up comedy, or was it after you settled in here? I think it was a couple couple months after I settled in because the first the first actual time were that I wanted to try stand up or try comedy um, I was still living in the pod. I don't remember I don't know if you remember there used to be a contest called the Great Canadian Laugh Off. Oh yeah, I remember that and for sure. And I remember they were seeing a commercial for that, and they're like, oh, submit your video now, and you could be, you know, the next big thing. And I remember going to the website and watching all these videos that people had submitted of basically themselves, like, in their basement talking to their webcam. For sure. Telling jokes. <clears throat> and I remember watching these videos and being like, I could be funnier than these people. Um, but I think I wasn't... I wasn't 18 at the time, so I didn't submit. Oh, okay. And then, and then when I moved here, I was living with a buddy, and one day, the running joke at the first job I had when I moved here was, is Chad ever going to make a full two weeks? 
Is he ever going to make it a full two weeks for a pay period? Because we would get paid Thursdays, and every second Friday, I would not be there. <laughs> Why? Um, Why would you be? Because oh. we would get paid Thursday evening, and then I would go party th- party Thursday night, and then sl- and then sleep all day Friday. Right. <laughs> um, and so I think it was it was definitely one of those Fridays where I was off work because I had gotten way partied way too hard the night before and, and then uh, missed my shift and uh, I was just sitting around in my apartment and I went on my buddy's computer and I just googled how do you do stand-up comedy and uh, the really? thing that came up was uh, write no it said find your local comedy club or open mic yeah. um, email them about an amateur night and write five minutes of material and so I Googled Winnipeg Comedy Clubs. Rumors came up. I sent them an email, asked them if they did uh, open mic nights or amateur nights. And then they sent me an email back saying, yeah, we do, and we can book you. I think it must have been, it maybe was August, August 20th, 2008. Yeah. And so I was like, sweet, I'm booked on the show. And then... I forgot about it, and then I got a... (laughs) Yeah, and then I got a reminder email, like, hey, this is coming up this week. And I think, yeah, they sent tickets. That's what prompted me. It was like, oh, we have tickets that you you should sell to your friends. And so I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. So they gave me the tickets, and then uh, I wrote my five minutes. And I, if you ask me, I don't... I honestly don't remember any of that first five minutes that I did. Right. Um... My buddy, my buddy Ryan and Dennis, who they uh, they drove me to Rumors, and I was so so nervous. Yeah. And uh, we got to the like top of the stairs leading down into the club, and I sat down, and I was like, I don't think I can do this, guys. And they were both like, No, man, we drove you here. You have to do it. Exactly. They took me inside. <clears throat> they took me inside, and they bought me a drink, and I went on stage. And, uh, yeah, my, my, my friend Ryan was like, dude, you were like visibly shaking, like <laughs> visibly your whole body was shaking. For sure. He's like, yeah. but then that, he's like, but then the crowd laughed at your first joke and it was just like calmness. And uh, yeah, it, I, I did really well my, for my first set. If I, like, I remember like the first time they, they laughed at my first joke, just like that, like oh god that feeling of being like oh my god this is like something I thought of as making this entire room of people laugh right right and then uh, and then just rolling through it and having a good time and like then uh, chasing that for the rest of my life (laughs) and uh, was that night you said you were selling tickets so I was wondering if that was part of a competition or that was just an, an open mic type of thing I think it was just an open mic type of thing. Okay. But now that I think about it, judging by the date, it must have been, maybe it was a co- the contest. I don't know. Yeah, it might be. I remember you won uh, a contest that I was in, and I was like, God damn, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the one that was at, uh, uh, well, now it's Sonics. The old... Uh, old Paul's Nightclub. Yeah. Pulse nightclub at the time, yeah. and uh, I think that was the what a Scott Porteous deal maybe. Yep. Do or die. Do or die maybe. I think. Yeah. You, I think yeah. You, call me deathmatch. You yeah. won that, didn't you? Am I wrong? I, I, no, I always... got second. Oh, Andy Noble won it. Oh, I, I definitely yeah. remember you coming up on on top. I was just maybe it was just uh, the round with me or something. I was just like, whoa. Yeah, you're forced to be reckoned with, that's for sure. So after that rumors, how long was it? So was it the same idea? You said you Googled Winnipeg Comedy Clubs because you were heading to the cavern quite a bit, weren't you? Yeah, I think it was a little while after the first time. I didn't get to go back up on stage for a while. Um, I don't, I think I did another open mic there. I think they used to do open mics like every three months there back in the day. Okay. Um, and then I did the contest and then I won my, 
my rounds in the contest, my first year doing it. I won the first round, and then I didn't prepare for my second round, and I absolutely bought, I sold all my tickets. I was working for a construction company. I sold all my tickets to everyone at work. They brought, like, guys from work brought their family, and I, like, hyped myself up. Yeah. And then I didn't write any material. And I tried to do a brand new five minutes that I wrote that day uh, and bombed. And I just, oh, God, that feeling. That was probably one of my first bombs. And then I just, like, being like, oh, God, I'm the worst at this. I like how you're comfortable um, enough to invite, you know, the people you work with, people who you know. Uh, even that, to me, has balls, you know, because a lot of people yeah. don't like to do that. Um, and then I think it must have been at one of the contests. Someone mentioned um, the cavern to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the standard back then. I know bef- before I ever did the standard or my- before I ever did Mike Green's open mic or the cavern, I did an open mic at the academy when uh, when it was called the academy on Stradbrook there before it became the cheer. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. But it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't a comedy open mic. I just googled open mics and that came up, and I was like, "Oh, can I come to this?" And they're like, "Yeah." And it was a, like a music open mic, and there was like maybe four people there to watch yeah. and then just musicians. And it was just like literally just musicians. Like the guy who was before me was a guy playing acoustic guitar, singing a sad song. And then I went up and told like poop jokes. And I remember a guy, one of the audience members was like, you suck. Oh, really? I, like, I got, that's the first time anyone had ever heckled me. And I got, I, I got actually mad at the guy on stage and my buddy was standing there and he was like, just get off now. And we, uh, because I, I was so mad uh, and then I found you felt that anger coming back from your youth been, yeah <laughs> and then the, the cavern must have been the first one that I went to and um, and then they told me about yeah Mike Green's open mic and uh, mm-hmm. I was still drinking then and I was but I was was going to open mics a lot and um, I remember at first at first John B. Duff did like me so I remember one of my first few open mics at the cavern he was like, hey, we're all going for drinks out after this if you want to come. And, like, I remember feeling like, oh, that's so cool, man. This, the guy who runs the show invited me for drinks. Yeah. And, uh, and, then I, and, then I, and then I would show up and I would get way too drunk. And uh, people really didn't like me. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember one time Bill Patz was like, he was like, man, I was ready to pull you off stage because you were being such an asshole. And I was like, oh, shit. Were you um, going up wasted? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I took a little bit of a break, uh, got sober, and then when I was in treatment, um, it was just, yeah, I was in treatment and thinking about what I want to do with my life, and then I was just like, man, I I know that I can do comedy. I have done well, mm-hmm. and that's going to, I it's the only, just making the decision like it's the only thing that I've ever been 100% motivated to excel at in my life has been comedy so, right well certainly if you certainly if you if if you make the decision to be sober about it like that's a huge leap into into I'm taking this pretty damn seriously right like <laughs> you, yeah how is this transition of performing you know, dead sober on stage. Did you find it uh, like back ner- a little bit more nerve wracking than before? Yeah, because <clears throat> I used to have, I would do two drinks before every set when I was still drinking, and then I would get totally loaded. I mean, a lot of times I would get totally loaded before I went on stage, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I always had that, that, you know, that little extra nudge to be not nervous, and then coming back. But I think, I think what helped was, like, with the nerves was, like, just knowing, I'm like, this is the thing that, this is the thing that I want to do, and you have to get used to doing it, because you can't drink, and you, you know, you, I have to be sober, or my life is ruined, Um, and if I want to do comedy, I have to be around people who are drinking, and that's fine, Um, and so I would, I know in the, in the early days, like, my first year of 
of being sober, I would literally, I would just go, I would do my set, and then I would immediately, immediately leave because it was too much for me to be around. Totally. You know? Yeah, I can see what you why you'd want to get out of there. I quit drinking. I quit drinking for a year every twenty years. Last yeah. year, in fact, at that poker game, I don't know if you remember, but I wasn't drinking, was, so everyone was doing yeah. shots, and I'm like, ah, shit, I can't do a shot. Hanging out in bars is just not fun for me, <laughs> or just to yeah. hang around other people who are getting loaded. It's tough to get used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it helped. I think it helped with my like. With my recovery and like not, like I haven't. I mean, yeah, I haven't relapsed on alcohol or hard drugs. I, I mean, I made the decision two years ago to start smoking weed again. But uh, yeah, like yeah, it's been this uh, this week. I think on the twenty seventh is I'll be ten years alcohol and hard drug free. Um, And I think definitely like forcing myself to go into those situations and being comfortable around alcohol and not like not yeah not hiding from it and not like trying to avoid that definitely helped with uh with my recovery you know it, it helped me to get better as a comic and get used to being nervous and get and get used to like yeah just shaking those nerves and then yeah. also it helped me to stay sober Right, and because also you you see a lot of these guys. I mean, they're all my friends, but sometimes you know you see them drink one too many, and you're like, oh yeah, that's why I don't do that. That's why this is why I quit drinking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's move away from stand up for a second because you were uh, involved in a few other things. Uh, one being uh, the week thus far, which yeah. was. Uh, uh, what about five years, four years? Winnipeg talk show on cable access, and. Yeah. Uh, I loved watching it, especially because there's all the. It seems like a lot of local stand-ups doing sketch and writing jokes, uh, kind of like a weekend update. Weekend update thing for uh, Dan Hewen was the host, and he had a, a roster of second bananas there. Uh, did you enjoy working and collaborating uh, on the show? Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, it was. I think I was one of when we decided to pull the pin on that on the week thus far. I was like one of the only people that was like, "No, let's let's keep going." You know, <laughs> but uh, by that point, it, we had we yeah, we had been doing it for three four years and for free basically. You know, any money that that show made went back into the show. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think everyone was just tired of, of that, and uh, it ran its course. We did a hundred. We did a hundred episodes. Um. And it was, uh, yeah, it was super fun. I, I miss, I miss getting together with a group of other stand-up comedians. We would meet every Saturday. We would, we, everyone would come with their news desk jokes. We would read through every, everyone's news desk jokes, pick which ones were the best. Right. Um, help make them better. We would, uh, people would pitch their sketches and yeah, it was so much fun. Um, and it looked yeah, like a lot of fun. Also, that was one of my early comedy goals because when I think I was maybe a year or two sober. Yeah, I was definitely, yeah, I was definitely a year sober, but I remember when it started and being like, Oh my God, I want to, I want to be like, I want to be a part of that crew. Um, and, uh, I was slowly starting to work my way into the scene. You know, people were starting to take me more seriously. Uh, I was hanging out like Tim, Tim and Dan and uh, Ryan Ash were doing their Sunday Sunday night um, radio show uh, at the U of M, and they would invite oh. me every once in a while after the cavern to go do the show. What was that called? That was a uh, great. The busted muffler. The busted muffler. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I remember that. Like I remember getting on that. Like being invited to go do that with them was like a big a big comedy thing, like local comedy thing for me. I was like, this is cool, man. I'm getting to hang out with these guys who I look up to. Yeah. And uh, we're becoming friends. And like, I did it regularly for a while. And then, yeah, then, uh, I think they were in the second season and, uh, I was playing a lot of video games with Dan Hewen online. And he just, yeah, one day he was just like, Hey man, like you've gotten so much better at comedy since you got sober, and uh, I'd love it if you joined 
week thus far. Today I've been fortunate enough to run into R2-D2 from Star Trek. Fa hey, I'm, t I'm still talking, R2. I'm still talking. Uh, from Star Wars fame, R2, how are you doing today? That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, I'm looking for love, R2. Do you have any advice for me uh, for finding women at uh, Comic-Con? What do you mean I should lose weight? Well, that's not fair. I'm just a guy trying to get by in the world. Yeah, well, at least I have a penis. That's racist, man. That experience must have really helped when, uh, for the Mary Walsh project, you, you went on tour, uh, uh, I don't know how, how, you know, if it was uh, totally across Canada, but you were on yeah, tour in a sketch you know comedy show. Yeah, it was, um, <clears throat> yeah, we went, well, yeah, it was coast to coast to coast. We went from the East Coast. We went up to Iqaluit, which is the Arctic Ocean, and then we went to all the way west. So yeah, we went we went right across the country, and that uh, that was a great experience. How did you get involved um, in this in this sketch show? Um, by luck. <laughs> um, <laughs> right place, right was, time. It, yeah, I think I think most of the, like every uh, indigenous male actor was like busy that summer and then um uh, i was living with uh, a local stand-up at the time benji rothman and uh i was driving home from work and he called me one day and he was like hey uh my agent just got a call from these people and they're looking for an indigenous comedian to be in this in this uh in the sketch comedy show that was written and directed by mary walsh uh, my agent said he didn't know anyone, but he would ask me. And so, mm -hmm. uh, you're the first guy I thought of. Do you want me to give him your information? And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, dude, Mary Walsh. And yeah. Then like, I think the next day, Mary Walsh herself called me on the phone. And cool. was like, yeah, I was at work on a construction site and she was just like asking me a bunch of questions. And <laughs> she was like, do you, do you know how to sing? And I was like, nope. And she was like, do you play any instruments? And I was like, nope. And she was like, do you have any theater experience? And I was like, nope. And she was like, okay. And she was like, well, we've seen some of your stand-up stuff. And I, I like your, she said, I like your, your stage presence. You, you look comfortable on stage and, uh, you're, you're you seem like an honest guy and mm -hmm. you're, you know, humor and, uh, yeah, we want you to be a part of the show. And I was like, oh, sweet. And yeah. Went out to Newfoundland to St. John's for three weeks and lived there and we rehearsed and read through the play or the, the sketch show. It was, yeah, it was a, it was like a musical sketch review. Yeah. It's um, online. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's it called again? It's called Canada. Canada is complicated. Canada. It's complicated. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and that was, uh, yeah, living, I mean, living in, uh, in St. John's for a month was amazing. It's so beautiful there. And got to do comedy, like, stand-up while I was there. And, oh, wow. Um, I think one of my, like, one of my highlights in my comedy career is uh, when we're still doing the table read of, of the entire show, and Mary looked at me and said, and Chad... If you see anything that needs to be punched up or changed, I trust your comedy mind. And I'm just like, 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 oh man, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, this is a Canadian sure. comedy icon. And she's like, I, and she trusts me to like make changes to this thing that she wrote. And she's oh, as yeah. nice as uh, she appears, I guess. She is. Yeah. She's super nice. She, uh, and I've worked with her a couple other times since then. And, uh, yeah. She's amazing. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, you've certainly hitting the highlights now. I mean, I mean, uh, the Winnipeg Comedy Fest. You you've been you performed on that, uh, an Arctic festival. An Ar yeah, yeah. Um, the first year they did the Arctic Air Comedy Festival in Iqaluit, and I got invited to do that. And mm -hmm. then the second year. They expanded it. So the first year, they only did it in the Iqaluit. And, and Iqaluit uh, is, sorry, is that uh, Northwest Territories? Or I... No, Nunavut. Nunavut. Okay, sorry. Yeah. 
And so they, uh, they, the whole reason they do the festival is to um, raise money for their suicide hotline, mm-hmm. mental health hotline. Um, and so, yeah, the first year we did it in the Callowit, and then last year we did it. Uh, they did one show or one festival in a Callowit, and then another festival in the Northwest Territories in I always get in Yellowknife, no White Horse. Whatever one's in the territories, I always get them mixed up. But uh, so I went there. um, So they did two festivals last year, and I did the one in Northwest Territories. And then this year I was supposed to do, they were going to jump to the Yukon and have three festivals running simultaneously. Um, But then. Shit hit the fan. Shit hit the fan. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I, I did end up doing uh, a little virtual thing for them, just submitting a video. And this year? Yeah, it was nice that they uh, they still, you know, in, included me in some way and then got me to submit a video. And, uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully next year um, there's a vaccine or we got this pandemic under control. We can, I can go back up there. Yeah, you must, you must miss stand-up quite a bit. You actually started running your own room. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I started, in the cavern of all places, the old cavern. Yeah, yeah and it's called the uh, Osborne Underground now. Osborne Underground. And you had a few yeah. shows before it was shut down. How did those go? They were good. Um, yeah, so we had, uh, I think before the very first lockdown, we did two shows, and they, they were pretty pretty good. And then we went into lockdown, and then came out of that lockdown and we started doing shows again. And uh, that's another one of those rooms where it's so small and compact that even if you have 10, like 10, 12 people in there, it still feels like a good show. Yeah. Um, and we were, yeah, we were slowly building an audience. Every show was getting bigger. Um, and it's not an open mic. This is like handpicked yeah, comedians so- that you were like, Hey, come join me on, uh, in this room. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and we were starting to, yeah, we were starting to build a little bit of momentum there, and then uh, the second lockdown hit. Um, <laughs> is the is the room much different from the cavern? I haven't been there yet. Is it? Uh, is did they do they, any renovations? They've done a little bit of renovations. There's no DJ booth. The DJ booth is not at the back of the room anymore. It's up on the stage now. Okay. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it still feels like the cavern in there, but it's a little cleaner. You know. It's nope. definitely cleaner in there. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is a funky smell for sure. Well, you have that that bathroom without a door. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no applause sign, I guess. <laughs> no, no, I think they took the applause sign down. Damn, that was classic. Before you before you take off, Chad, let's do the money shots. All right. Now, uh, the money shot is 100 questions uh, that you have to answer truthfully. 90% have to be correct. So you just can't answer any flibble flabble to, to these questions, you know. Um, and they're easy questions, you know, like this or that or what's your favorite, blah, blah, blah. Um, maybe some trivia in there, but uh, yeah, it's... Uh, if you are able to get through all 100 within five minutes, you get to win the money shot. How do you feel? Have you ever won a money shot before? I have not. <laughs> this is a first. This could be a first for you. Are you ready, Chad? I'm ready. Tonight's money shot for Chad Anderson is... Seven satanic dollars. Today's money shot brought to you by the Bay downtown. Come. Have you received the speeding ticket? Yes. Uh, can you speak a second language? No. Mac or PC? Mac. Have you jumped off a cliff? Yes. Have you jumped out of an airplane? No. Name a Lord of the Rings character. Bilbo Baggins. Name a Clint Eastwood film. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Have you been to the drive-in theater near Morden, Manitoba? No. Have you been to the old drive-in theater in Shamrock, Manitoba? No. Name a song from the movie Grease. Grease Lightning. Have you seen Hamilton? No. Best pizza in Winnipeg? Wall Street Slice. Oh, nice. Best sushi in Winnipeg? 
wasabi. Name a business at the Forks. Old Spaghetti Factory. Name something square-shaped. A dresser. <laughs> Favorite flavor of gum. Bubble Mint. Where do you buy ice cream? Doug and Betty's. Are you a gardener? No. Your first album purchased? Gigi Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince Code Red. Code Red? Wild. Yeah. Best Beatles album? Uh, Yellow Submarine. Have you been on a horse? Yes. Have you been on a horse? Yes. Yes. Have you milked a cow? No. Favorite vacation destination? BC. Do you like your butter salted or unsalted? Salted. Uh, what lives in water? Fish. Best board game played. Oh, no, last board game played. Last board game played. Ramoli. Uh, do you play tennis? No. Have you ever bought a tennis racket? That's a weird no. One. Uh, do, you, do you know uh, tennis rackets cost 50 bucks? No. They're expensive. Laverne or Shirley? Laverne. Wrestling or boxing? Wrestling. Last gift you received? Fitbit. <laughs> Name a Disney film. Aladdin. Name a Beastie Boy. MCA. What would you put on a sandwich, in a sandwich? Bologna. Name a Sonic Youth album. Pass. Uh, can you make French toast? No. Favorite grade in school? Twelve. Name a camp. Simon House Bible Camp. What color are your eyes? Brown. Favorite TV show? Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, name a prime minister. Pierre Elliott Trudeau. Nice, all of it. Uh, best live venue? We Johnny's. There you go. Sunday afternoon activity? Playing video games. Name a, name a Madonna film. Name, really? <laughs> Name a member of Jackass. Johnny Knoxville. Last movie watched. Oh, no. Uh, what is the name of it? What is the name of it? The, ho the Hollers. The what? The Hollers. The Hollers. Well, where do you live? Winnipeg. Where do you sleep? In bed. Do you wear pajamas? No. Do you wear slippers? No. Name a brand of shoe. DC. Name a serial cartoon character. Toucan Sam. Name a composer. Mozart. Uh, favorite dance move. The Macarena. How many weddings have you attended? One minute. Five? Do you like Diet Cola? No. Name an animal in Manitoba. A moose. Luke or Leia? Luke. Mustache or beard? Mm, beard. Checkers or chess? Chess. Name a comedian. Richard Pryor. Name a musical duo. Hall and Oates. Have you seen Citizen Kane? 30 seconds. No. Name a Chaplin movie. Oh, that's a tough one. The Great Dictator? Yeah. Name a type of tree. Spruce. Uh, have you ever shot a gun? Yes. Have you shot an arrow? Yes. Favorite smell? Ten seconds. Weed. Do you own paint? No. Have you ever hitchhiked? No. Name a cool car. Camaro. <laughs> Camaro's a great answer, but unfortunately, the time is up. You do not win the money shot, Chad. I'm so sorry. So sorry. Damn. How many questions did I get through? You got three quarters. You got 75. Actually, uh, 74, because I think you passed on the Madonna movie. You can't name a Madonna movie. Come on. I know she hasn't no. been on in a while. So, once again, live at Wee Johnny's. Uh, it's a great album. Where can people get it? I know where I got it. Uh, it's on Apple Music. It's on all the major platforms. It's on Amazon. It's on Google Music. It's on Spotify, Apple, Apple App Music. Apple iTunes. Music, it's, yep. Yeah. Thank you, Chad, for coming on the show. It's been so much fun. This is great. Um, can't wait for the next comedy CD you drop. 
whenever and I can't wait to see you back performing again. Hopefully it won't be too much longer. You know, 2021, everyone's going to get a vaccine. We'll get back to normal here. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, you, you bet, man. All right. Cheers. Chad Anderson. Woo! <laughs>